So I um, want to get started with our life's toughest questions. Now, to be honest with you, we haven't received many tough questions from you guys. And so um, we've just made up four really simple questions uh, since you didn't submit any, and we're just going to answer them. Okay, is that cool with you guys? I'm just going to keep it easy. Um, now, we've done our own research, and we have our own tough questions. But if during the ser- series you have some that come up, um, submit them. Like on the back of your card today, I left some room for you to submit questions. You can drop them in the basket on your way out. No guarantee we can get to all of them, but uh, we're, our hope is to touch as many as we can. Um, one of our kids actually submitted a question, and the question she submitted was, how can we know that God exists if we can't touch him, see him, or feel him? And I think that's an excellent question. Um, I won't be exactly addressing that today, but I think today's topic will touch on that. Where does faith come from, and how do we know it's real? Um, so Things like that, you can submit them. We'll do our best to kind of group them into categories and answer them. Um, and if you don't, we've got some really good ones that we're going to be talking about. So today, I'm going to be talking about what's the point? What's the point of life? Or is there even a point to life? And so I know that in 25 minutes, I will easily be able to answer that question. All right, this is, I mean, I'm, it might only take me 10. So um, it could be a short day today. No, there's no way I can cover everything that could be covered in this so we're going to just, I'm just going to share with you kind of like a piece of the puzzle. And obviously this is like one of those questions that philosophers and theologians have debated and talked about for centuries and centuries. Um, and, uh, and I'm definitely not as smart as most of them. So uh, we're going to just, we're going to do our best today. But I want to talk about what the point is to life. First of all, is there even a point? Because some would say there's not. And if there is, can we know it? Um, and so when I want to do research into deep, deep questions about what the point to life is and things like that, I turn to the comics. Um, so Calvin and Hobbes, they have a lot of wisdom, and uh, I think that this is a good one. So if we're going to just die, what's the point of living? Now, this is actually really deep, and we're going to talk about this today. And I, I, I kind of put it up there because I thought maybe some of you would laugh, but clearly that's not happening. So um, we're just going to move right past the laughing part and... And this is actually really deep to think about it. If you're just going to die, and this is what a lot of people believe, right? In our society, a lot of people believe that we are just, we're just like animals, um, and that our, our existence is just you were born, and you will die, and that is it. That's all there is. There's no eternity. There's no afterlife. There's no rhyme or reason to why you're here right now. It's just part of the genetics, and the best thing that you can hope to do is, is continue the human race, and that, that's all there is. And so really, if, if we're all just going to die and that's it, what is the point of life? Have you ever really thought about that? Why are you here? If there's no eternity, if there's no afterlife, if there's nothing beyond this, if we're just biology, right, then what is the point of life? So there's an online survey that is non-scientific, but um, I found it to be interesting. There's like a website where you can make your own surveys. And so over, I think it was like 1,200 people answered this survey, and it was talking about what the purpose of life was. So here you go, about 25% said that they have no idea what the purpose to life is. 20% says, I suppose I know. It doesn't sound like they're sharing, though. 24%, I'm not sure. And 23%, I don't know. So only 8% don't even want to know. Oh, sorry, I said that wrong, didn't I? The first 25% certainly know. So out of everybody, only a quarter feel like they definitely know what the purpose of life is. 75% either have no idea or are unsure. All right? Do you think other people know? 
We clearly think higher of ourselves than we do of each other. So the, most people think no one else has an idea, right? I don't know who the 4% are that think everyone knows the purpose of life. I feel like they were just kind of screwing with the survey. So here's some answers, all right? So you've heard of informant number 16767, right? He's a good friend of mine. All right, so he says that our purpose is to survive without hurting anyone in the process. Interesting. I would question that because if there is no eternal life and we are just animals, what is the reason for treating people well? I'm just going to leave that with you. Because if it's just about this life, what is wrong with me just trying to do everything to benefit myself? If it's just about this life, there's no purpose. Just think, you know, not necessarily going to answer that question. Um, all right, none. Life is just a chemical process that evolved into life. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of people t- teach this in schools, actually, right? Uh, I have no idea. To be honest, I think people have enough problems getting by day to day to worry about a higher purpose. If there is one, it isn't bothering me. Okay. So, you know, let's just get by. Let's get through the day. I, I can hear you. This guy. This guy, right? There's always one of these guys. Doesn't know. Um, whatever you want it to be. I actually think this is... I, I look up memes every time I teach, just in, just in case I find a good one. And a bunch of them, it was like the meaning of life. It was like with the, uh, you know, they were more like the inspirational kind with the flowery backgrounds. Like, the meaning of life is whatever you make it. Really? Like, do I define the meaning of life for myself? And, and like, follow that out. Like, that sounds so poetic. And yeah, let's embrace it. I make my own meaning. What if my meaning interferes with your meaning? What if I decide that the meaning of my life is to rob everyone else of all their money? That brings me such meaning and fulfillment. Honestly, I love having more money and, and you don't need it. What, would that interfere with you? I mean, do we really get to define what the meaning of life is? I don't know. Uh, yeah, right? To compete for resources, bleed. Bleed. <laughs> Maybe. Breed and care for our children. We have no greater purpose than any other animal on this planet. We kind of already talked about that. And uh, I know, but I'm not telling. All right, uh, Mandy wrote that one. So Mandy's my wife, in case you don't know. Um, she does know a lot, and she doesn't usually tell me. So what is the point? What is the point to living? We've got to figure this out. I mean, do you ever question this? Do you ever struggle with this? And so um, there was a king in ancient Israel. Um, maybe you've heard of him. His name's Solomon, King Solomon. He was King David's son. And he wrote some of the books of what we now call the Old Testament, but they were the Hebrew scriptures of, of, for, for thousands of years. And he was known to be one of the wisest people ever to live. And so the books he wrote were called Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. They're very thoughtful, deep books. And so being one of the smartest guys ever to live on the planet Earth, this is what he has to say about life. Meaningless, meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. All right, guys, that's the teaching for today. Come back next week, all right? These are some more things he says. What is there to show for a lifetime of work? Now, listen, this was written, you know, several thousand years ago, but do you ever sit there in your office and think this? Come on. What is there to show for a lifetime of work? What? What am I doing here? This computer tells me everything I do all day long, right? A lifetime of working your fingers to the bone. One generation goes its way, the next one arrives, but nothing changes. It's business as usual for our old planet Earth. Life sometimes seems pointless. You know when life seems pointless to me? I'll tell you. When I'm mowing my lawn. Now, I like to think that I like mowing my lawn. I, li- I like, you know, the tractor, and I, I like... But you know what? 
it's grass. And I get out there and I spend two and a half hours cutting grass. Do you ever think of the ridiculousness of this? This is just the stuff that grows in the ground. And I'm changing its height, not dramatically, you know? And it's not like when I'm done, my lawn looks great. It looks terrible, just like when I started. I've got 17 different kinds of grass growing in my yard. There's patchy spots, and there's a place where I had our fire pit and then moved it, and it won't ever grow grass again for the rest of the planet Earth, you know? And it's just, and I just sit there. And I try to, like, get creative and, like, mow certain lines, but even the lines are gone the next day, right? There is no point to it. And my wife, who I love, does not like grass clippings left on the ground, so I have to bag the grass clippings for two and a half hours. And if you miss a week because you're busy, then it clogs every four passes, and I just want to die. And I'm being ruled by this tiny, tiny little plant. I don't even know if you can call it a plant. Is it a plant? It's got to be, right? And you know what's pointless about it is it's not like you mow it once. Like painting, painting feels pointless to me as well. But at least when you paint, unless you're married to my wife, it's done. Okay? Now, I, I did one time paint my entire house when we were, when we were not first married. I mean, we had been married a while. And we woke up the next morning and she just like shook her head. You know, and I went to the store. To her, to her credit, you know, we painted it at night and we didn't know that it was pink. And when we woke up, the whole house was pink. It's a true story. And I had to repaint the whole house. But like, you cut the grass, guess what? Immediately. Like as soon as you pass over it, it starts growing. You know, you're like, oh, you can't stop it. I've thought, like my dad's philosophy is have lots of flower beds. Because then you have less grass. But you know what grows in flower beds? Weeds. And you can't use a lawnmower for weeds. You have to do that by hand. It's careful. I get, I'm getting upset. Life seems Pointless. Life seems unfulfilling. You know what? Everything's boring. Utterly boring. No one can find any meaning in it. Boring to the eye. Boring to the ear. Now this guy was like also one of the richest people on earth. And he had a lot of influence with the queen of Egypt. And they would hang out all the time. So if anyone could not be bored, it was this guy. And what it, what it is, is he's lived long enough to try everything and realize everything is pointless. All right? What, what, what was will be again. What happened will happen again. There's nothing new on earth. Yeah, you ever feel that way? We're just kind of like caught in this endless cycle. What can I do that's going to actually make a difference? You know? I'm trying to decide how far depressed, how depressing this is. All right. Uh, Life seems insignificant. Nobody remembers what happened yesterday. All right. That's partway true. Can you tell me what you ate for lunch yesterday? Probably about half of you can. How about last week on Monday? No. All right. Nobody remembers what happened yesterday. The things that will happen tomorrow... We don't know. Nobody will remember them either. In fact, don't even count on being remembered. Your life is insignificant. Now, I'm, not, I'm just going to, this is, I'm 41 years old. And when I turned 40, I was like all set on, this is not going to affect me. I'm not going to do the classic thing. And I'm telling you what, it was not easy. You know, the fact that I'm going to die someday is a reality that I tried to ignore for 40 years, and it's coming, and it scares me, I, I'm, and even as someone who believes in Jesus and believes I'm living forever, the idea of dying is scary for me, and uh, because there's a part of you that's always like, I don't really know, I mean, what's gonna, you know, what if we cease to exist when we die? 
Have you ever thought about that? You guys are like, we just wanted to come to church, to be honest. And (laughs) someone told us that you were somewhat encouraging and funny occasionally. Like, dude, you're asking us some deep questions. I apologize. It is life's toughest questions. So, um, you know, my grandfather, I knew my grandfather. He fought in World War uh, II. He was a prisoner of war. He was tortured for his country until he was finally released. He was shot down uh, on the Japanese front. But like, you know, my dad knew him really well, obviously. I knew him fairly well. My kids have never met him because he passed away. So they probably won't, you know, they know the story. All they know of him is he was a prisoner of war. So then my kids' kids, I mean, right? Don't count on being remembered. What? No one else remembers him in, in a generation. What is the point to all this living if you can't really make a difference? And life is, on top of all that, very confusing. I applied my mind to study and explore. Any, any students, right? You ever do this? And you're, you're in high school or you're in college and you're like, processing all this information and regurgitating on a test and you're looking at the test afterwards and you're like, I can forget it all now, right? Like, I'm pretty confident I won't ever use that again. That's always encouraging, right? Um, To explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens and all I've learned is that God has laid a heavy burden on mankind. Life is confusing. This is hard. Now, I'm just gonna remind you, this this is part of the Bible, okay? This is in there. So we need to wrestle with these questions. I mean, have you ever felt any of these things? Do you ever feel that your life is pointless, unfulfilling, insignificant, out of control, and confusing? Or just pick one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I wrestle with this. I struggle with this. And I, I want to know that I know what the point is. Because when you turn 40, it's like a clock that's been ticking forwards starts ticking backwards. You know, that's just how it feels. And like all of a sudden you're like, oh no, 39 years left, 38 years. And that's, you know, hopeful thinking, you know. But every time you turn around, you have one less day to live. It's just as like getting, it's like a, someone took the, uh, the sand hourglass and turned it over. That's how it feels inside. My kids are getting older. I have less time with my kids in the house. You know, I mean, <sighs> preaching is therapy for me. Not for you though. Um, but there is something that happens where you're like, you know what? I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing more than just like getting by. I'm doing more than just having fun. See, if we think that we are just, this is it, and we live this life, then why would you believe anything other than eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die? The great Dave Matthews song, right? <laughs> why would you think anything else? So I want to look to Jesus, because Jesus is who we look to for our truth and our inspiration, um, and Jesus dealt with us. And what's great about being a follower of Jesus is he doesn't go and answer every question that you'll ever have in life, but he offers a lot of truth that can help you, and it's all relevant today still. So Jesus is talking. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Easy for you to say, right? What you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you'll put on it, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. This is what we're asking. We want to know. Sometimes this is what life feels like, doesn't it? You get up. You eat, and you look forward to the next time you eat, and you have kids who eat more than you. Should I tell this story? Elliot's not in here. I I, I made lunch yesterday, and we we buy these things called Takis. I don't really know what they're, no. Taquitos, Taquitos. They're like little rolls that you can put in the oven. You can, Takis are very different. We buy them too, Um, but we don't cook them. Uh, And so I was like, you know, a bag of 14, and I think you get like, 
you know, 20 bags from Costco. No, you just get a couple. But, you know, one bag, I'm looking at this bag of 14 taquitos. Okay, and I was thinking, you know, I'll cook half of these. So I went downstairs like, Elliot, how many taquitos do you want for lunch? Ten! Ten? What? And then, you know, Matea ate four, so one bag, like, just dumped the whole thing out. That was lunch. We'll get one more lunch out of that, and then guess where you have to go? Grocery store. That's another thing that seems pointless. Shopping for food, you just eat it, and you have to go back again. Washing dishes, pointless. Laundry, it's all pointless! All right? And this is what it feels like. You work to get money to feed people who eat more than their share, and they don't even make any money, and then you go back to work. And you make money, and this is just the cycle of life. And then eventually, you die, right? You go to school a whole lot so you can get a job, so you can work at a job, so you can die. That's like the the trajectory of life. So this is what Jesus is saying. Is not life more than food? And so he wants to encourage you. He says, listen, seek first the kingdom of God. First, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. It's like, listen, stop worrying so much. Here is, let me give you just a quick and easy pathway to the point of life. What is the point? The point is for us to seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, so pause. What is the kingdom of God, right? You could be here today. Maybe you've never been to church today. That's true for all of you. Um, (laughs) Until you got here. Uh, Maybe you've never been to church before, ever, just not including today, because you're here today. I'll try that again. So maybe you're here today, and you've never been to church before, and you're like, I don't know what the kingdom of God is. I'm not not sure I even believe in Jesus. Uh, My friend dragged me here. And by the way, we're so glad that you're here, because we built this church with you in mind. We actually started this church six months ago saying, there are people in Newark, Elkton, and Avongrove who are looking for community, who are looking for a place to explore faith, and we wanted to provide that for you. So we want you to be here. You don't have to believe everything that I say up here. We want you to be here. I believe, actually, that you'll find meaning, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you'll find meaning in what we're talking about today. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, if I were to break it down for you really simply, is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. So if Jesus was in charge, what would the world look like? If Jesus was in charge, what would the world look like? And that is what we're supposed to seek. We're supposed to seek the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is eternal, and we're going to, just, we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's eternal, and it's making a difference in the world. So this is what I, the thought I want to leave you with today. We, one point of life, remember, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to say this is the point, because I'm not that prideful. Close, but um, pursue eternal significance See, I think this is what Jesus is saying. Because all the other things will be added to you. So pursue eternal significance over temporary survival. And this is what the kingdom of God looks like. So there are these things that you could pursue with your time, with your treasure, and with your talents. You like how those all started with the T? I didn't make that up, don't worry. All right? The kingdom of God, if anything else, is love. So can you love others above yourself? Isn't that what Jesus said all the time? Can you be a person of peace? The kingdom of God. If Jesus was in charge, there would be no more pain, suffering, tears, sickness, death, fighting, poverty, pain. Did I say pain already? Suffering, sickness. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So 
The opposite of all that is when we bring the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God isn't this like heavenly principle that's just waiting for when Jesus returns. The kingdom of God is meant to come to earth. Remember, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Through us, the kingdom of God comes through the followers of Jesus. And so can you be a person of freedom? Can you bring freedom to people who are in bondage? You know anybody? Do you know anybody who's in bondage? Anybody who struggles with addiction? Anybody who struggles with addiction to food, to technology, to substances? We can bring freedom. We are a people of freedom. We can pray with people who are in bondage and see Jesus bring freedom to them. We are a people of healing. This can be praying for your healing and God supernaturally heals you on the spot. Or this can be a bringing healing emotionally. This can be bringing healing financially. It can be bringing words of healing. You ever sat down and talked to somebody and after you're done, you feel a part of your heart has been mended just from that conversation because they've got the gift of counsel? We can be a people of justice. This is what City Light is trying to do. Now, we can't solve poverty and homelessness and hunger worldwide as one group. But we want to do for the one what we wish we could do for the many here at City Light. Do for the one what we wish we could do for the many. So that's why we go to Paris Foundation. That's why we go meet people at schools. That's why we're trying to invest in schools in our community. That's why we're trying to raise, you know, I mean, like we don't enjoy necessarily asking you to bring food donations every month. But we're trying to connect faith to relevant meaning today there are people hungry. You know where the food for Charismark's going to go? We give, Charismark gives food to kids. So there's kids who go to schools in Delaware, and they get food to take home. Let me get this. They get food at school, okay? But then on the weekends, they don't have that food because they're not at school. So Charismark gives them bags of food to take home for the weekend. Because there are people in our state who don't have enough food to eat on the weekends because they rely on eating at school. Can you imagine that? And so when you donate food, this is taking your faith and making it active. It's making it meaningful. And you're then pursuing eternal significance and getting past temporary survival. So this is, the, this is, I mean, guys, I could give you week upon week upon week of teachings on the kingdom of God, and maybe someday we will. But these are just some of the principles that Jesus is bringing into the earth through the church. This is why we planted a church, because church matters, because this is where this gets done. Remember, this meeting here is just, it's important, but it's not the key. The other six days are really the key. What are we doing in our communities? What are we doing in our families? What are we doing in our schools? What are we doing on our sports teams and our workplaces? Are you a person of peace and a person of healing? Can you pursue eternal significance over temporary survival? So this begs two questions. I told you I was going to end with that, didn't I? I am. I'm ending. It's a process. All right. Trust the process. Okay. Sorry. Did you see that game? I mean, come on. All right. Are we eternal or temporary? This is a big question. If you want to know what the point of life is, somewhere in your heart, you need to figure this one out. Now, Jesus is, by saying, seek the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God, he's making an assumption or proving a point or giving a teaching that we are eternal. And even people in his time, Jewish followers, they were, they were divided on this. There was Pharisees and Sadducees that were both the Jewish kind of teachers of the law. Pharisees believed in an afterlife and Sadducees didn't. That's why they were sad, you see? All right. Because their life was going to end. 
right? So you need to decide, are you eternal or temporary? I, don't, I just can't, now think about this, just get in the mindset of just being biology, just being an animal, just being here for your 60, 70, 80, 90 years, and then you're done, and your light is snuffed out. In fact, you never had a light, you never had a soul, you never had a spirit. There's, you might think there's more to you, but there's not. That's just the accumulation of the molecules in your brain thinking that, but it's not thinking. You're not really thinking. You're just an animal. Can you get there? Some people live there, and, and, and I'm not disrespecting you. If you're here today, and that's what you've been taught, I mean, I respect that that's what you've been taught, and that that may even be what you think, and I'm just asking you to take one step and challenge that thinking a little bit with what Jesus is saying. Jesus teaches us that we are eternal. In fact, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. That's part of the point, isn't that? That's part of the meaning of life, is that we don't end. That this is just a beginning in many ways. Are we significant or meaningless? Is the other question you have to figure out. Is this just meaningless? Is all of this meaningless, or are we made for a purpose? So I want to tell you today that Jesus teaches that you are made on purpose for a purpose. No one in this room is an accident. And no one in this room is purposeless. Purposeless. That's a hard word to say for me is lacking purpose. God created each of us, and I had a bunch of more Bible verses, and I just, you know, I had to dial it down because I'm running out of time, but one of the Bible verses I was going to share with you is in the very, very, very beginning, God says, let us create man and woman in our image. See, you and I are different from animals because you and I are created. We are image bearers of God. Squirrels, I mean, they're wonderful but they do not bear the image of God. And to be honest, you're laughing because it seems obvious, right? But there's, there's a difference, isn't there? Don't we have something deeper, something eternal? There's, there's something in every human that knows that you were made for more, knows that you were made to do something significant, that these years are not accidental years, that they're purposeful years. All right, worship teams should start coming up. So even, even my two children, Mandy and I have two children that we lost to stillbirth. So they literally saw no living days on earth out of the womb. But I believe that they were created on purpose for a purpose. First of all, I believe that they're still alive because I believe in eternal life with Jesus and I believe that they're waiting for me. However, that's all gonna work out. And that gives me a hope that is beyond hope that I would never have if I just believed we were animals. But can I also say that their momentary time on this earth is making an eternal impact in my life and in Mandy's life and in my kids' lives and in anyone's lives that I've talked to you about because of the impact they've made on my life. They reshaped my faith. Going through that crisis made me into the person I am today. So every life has purpose. You're in this room. You are not an accident and you are not purposeless. Okay? So here, I want to end with this thought. I really am ending this time. Can we pass those little cards out? Thank you so much. So I made these little cards for you. I want you to take this card, and um, I want you, I challenge you to put it somewhere you'll see it every day, especially maybe before you go to bed. So here, uh, there's, a couple, there, there's a book written by a guy, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. All right, I'll, I'll tell you later. But he talked about these three levels of life that you can be living at survival, success, or significance. 
If you're living at survival, it means you're just getting by day to day. And that's not what you were created for. You hear me on that? I know it's exciting that things are getting passed out, but I'm starting to feel insecure that no one's listening. So just pretend like you're listening, okay? So survival. Success is maybe you're happy, but you're lacking meaning. This is where most of us tend to kind of default to. We're not just getting by. We're doing well. But we're, we don't ever really delve into the deeper thoughts of what's, what is the meaning of life. Significance is when you are aware of the impact that your life is having on the people around you. When you are aware of the impact that your life is having on the people around you. When you are grateful for every day because of the chance you have to make a difference in the world. Where you're connected relationally. Where you're connected emotionally. Where you see that you're here for a reason. So I want to just encourage you. If you put this like by your, you know, nightstand or whatever, um, or, you know, mirror, and just every day this week, just be like, okay, what was I doing today? Was I surviving, succeeding, or making a difference? Was I being significant? So I want to just make it practical for one second, actually for three minutes. Um, what, so what, what does this mean? What does this mean? How do you make this practical? Like, I, Christian, I'm home alone with, with, you know, two little kids and one on the way, like, you know, survival is, is a good day, right? And, and, I, and I hear that. Like, I think we need to learn to pursue eternal significance in the daily grind. We can't just, like, make it when, the, you know, these grandiose schemes. So I'll just give you an example from my life. I had a really busy day coming up on, um, on Friday. Fridays are always busy. I, I kind of have the office to myself, and I do a lot of the teaching prep and I do a lot of the prep of all the things that, you know, we hand out here and the slides and blah, 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 okay? Um, and Eden had a presentation. She had made this poster board and she was presenting to be Helen Keller, which is, it was an oral presentation, so that was really easy. That's a terrible joke, sorry. sorry. No, no one would laugh. They're like, we judge you. We refuse to laugh. No, she, and she did a great job. She saw somebody shaking their head like, oh, he's my pastor. I can't believe he said that. All right, um, and I had this choice. I mean, you know, it's, it's what, second grader? Second grade, Helen Keller project, she won't even remember it. I mean, do you remember your second grade class? You, you probably have one memory from it. I'm, I'm going back to the earlier verses we read about how meaningless and pointless everything is. And I had this choice. Like, I really have work to do, but she really wants me there. So talk about eternal significance or temporary survival. It would have been a lot easier and more for my survival to do work that day. And because I didn't do work that for that two hours or hour and a half or whatever, last night I was up till like 12.45, you know, working to get ready for today. So I paid a price, but it was because I was pursuing eternal significance because Eden matters more than my work, right? And so like you have to balance all that stuff in life. But to be there in that tiny little classroom, she did so good and she, like, when I walked in, she, like, jumped up from her chair and ran over. Like, I told her I was going to be there, but there's still a little bit of doubt in the back of her mind, you know? And gave me this big hug. And I'm just trying to, like, break. Sometimes you say things like, pursue eternal significance. It's like, okay, you lost me. Like, that's too big. It's the small things. It's that person that you help who's in need. It's the money that you donate to help that girl get to the women's retreat. I mean, that's eternally significant, isn't it? It's the time that you volunteer. Because every time you give like that, it's a sacrifice for you. I just want to just challenge you guys just to think about this week. Like for one week, 
Could we just think about, all right, what if the meaning of life was to pursue eternal significance? Just put that before you. Um, So we always end with a a time of response and reflection. What we're going to do today is we're going to sing one more song. Um, You can sing along if you want to. If you know the song, you can sing. If you'd rather just spend some time reflecting on what we've talked about, you can have the card. You can pray. Listen, even if you don't believe in Jesus, this card still works for you, right? I mean, even, you don't have to be a believer in Jesus. You don't have to buy everything I'm saying or believe every verse I've read to take this card home and pursue significance, right? Take the word eternal out if you have to. That's why what we try to do here at City Light is we want to be helpful even if you don't believe, okay? For some of you, you want to sit, time, sit there and pray though. Even if you're not a prayer, just pray. Say, God, help me to think about this some more. And for some of you, you're like, you know what? I struggle with knowing my purpose or I struggle with doing more than surviving. I really encourage you to get prayer. So maybe you don't know what happens over there. Like this kind of random people standing, looking like really intimidating by the wall. All that happens is you go up to them like Dave and you say, Dave, I'm struggling with my significance. And Dave says, what's your name? I say Christian. And Dave says, can I pray with you? And we pray for like, what, three, four minutes. And what's cool is, It brings someone else into your life, which is always good for us. And we believe that God speaks through each other. So God may say something through him that I never would have thought of that could change my day or maybe even more. So get some prayer, all right? Get some prayer. In fact, I'm gonna pray right now. Would you all stand with me? Jesus, thank you that you have made us for more than the daily grind, that you have made us for more than just being animals who live and die and that's it and we're snuffed out. Thank you that you have made us in the image of God to make an eternal significant difference in this world. And I pray that you would stir that in our hearts this week, that you would stir us up to be all that you've called us and created us to be. If you're here today, listen, and you've never given your heart to Jesus, today could be your first day. What I want to encourage you to do is at some point... During this song, you can go over and talk to one of those guys on the wall. Or after the meeting, come find me. We'd love to talk to you and pray with you about becoming a follower of Jesus.